This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Today, an elderly pro-life volunteer shot in Michigan. A new study shows the COVID vaccine can, in fact, pass into breast milk. Uh, add that to another I told you so. And another child gender clinic deletes their entire website after being exposed by libs of TikTok. We've got all of that and more coming up, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez and I am joined today by the one, the only, Stuber Gear, host of Stu Does America, which you should be subscribed to. Yeah, I got it. You watch it on Blaze TV, you watch it on Pluto, you watch it on all of the other places, but you also need to subscribe on YouTube. Agreed. Yeah. Wholeheartedly. Just, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, also joined by Alex Stein, Blaze TV contributor and also host of Conspiracy Castle and Alex Stein. And only, only follow me if you want to be on an FBI most wanted list or you know, a surveillance <laughs> list. So if you don't want to be on that list, don't follow me. Yeah, so like maybe not subscribe. I don't know. It depends. Do you want the FBI showing up at your house and raiding all of your, you know, uh, classified documents? Yeah, Mike Lindell's like, I, why'd you take the pillow? The, that, I made that pillow. Why are you taking the pillow? There's nothing. No. Uh, all right. So I want to get into uh, the stories of the day here. So yesterday, I would be remiss if I didn't play for you guys a wonderful brilliant clip from the White House press secretary, Karine Jean-Pierre, who, we, I mean, we know, you thought that Jen Psaki was bad. You get a, an affirmative action hire in after Jen Psaki, and you realize how low the bottom of the barrel goes. But yesterday, Peter Ducey asked her, Karine Jean-Pierre, if Joe Biden thinks American cities are safe. Well, you, I'm sure, are shocked to hear that she dodged the question and then rambled on before claiming that. And, not, and it's, it, listen, it's not a yes or a no question, Peter. Watch. Thank you, Kareem. Does President Biden think America's big cities are safe? Can you say more? Well, we know that <laughs> thefts and robberies are up about 20% in the first half of this year. So I'm wondering if he thinks America's big cities are safe. Are you talking about the New York Times story specifically? Or yeah, is that what you're referring stats. to? The murder rate is still 30% above its 2019 level. They're all from the Council on Criminal Justice. So uh, we've seen some high-profile mm-hmm. examples of this. The uh, Washington commander's running back was being mugged. He got mm-hmm. shot. Uh, Karen Bass, member of Congress, had her house robbed. These are high-profile people. So should everyday Americans who are not in the public eye feel safe. So I'll, I'll say this, um, mm-hmm. that same story also uh, stated that the crime is complicated and multifaceted. Uh, mm. look, this is a president who <laughs> has secured historic funding complicated. to make sure that uh, law enforcement has what it needs, uh, especially, and he was able to do this uh, in the face of opposition from Republicans. Uh-huh. So I guess just the original question, does President Biden think America's big cities are safe? It is not. It is not a. Um, it is not a yes or no question. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it is. It's a very simple yes or no. Um, did you guys see the video where um, Peter, du- same Peter Ducey, was 
asking her about a quote that Jen Psaki had made regarding crime. And um, he literally said the quote verbatim about how, you know, if people are voting on this, like they're, they're this is going to be bad for the Democrats. And he read it to her and she was like, actually, you're mischaracterizing the quote. <laughs> he literally read the quote verbatim and she's like, no, 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 no. That's a mischaracterization of what she said, actually. She's, this woman is so bad. We thought poor man's peppermint patty was bad. No, yeah, no, it's true. Uh, if I may go into the conspiracy castle Please, here for yes. just a moment, Alex, <laughs> uh, I would like to say that I believe uh, that, that she was hired specifically because Jen Psaki went and figured out how to make herself look good. So she, Jen Psaki directly hired her. She directly her. got Probably this so. hired That's done brilliant. because she believed, she's like, how can I make myself look like I have a good legacy? And the answer, oh of course, is hire God. Corinne Javier. It's I'm the George Stephanopoulos uh, playbook, you know? I mean, now that now he's a big TV guy, <laughs> and you see Psaki wants a TV heat, she wants to be on TV now, <laughs> yeah. so she throws KJP under the bus. Oh my God, Psaki, you are the best press secretary ever. You were so good. And I gotta say, she does look legitimately great in comparison to Corinne Javier. That's I mean, a fact. She is absolutely horrible. One, I mean, and Peter Ducey's did a great job. Yeah. Uh, he's literally the only he's one the who only ever one. asks a tough yeah. question. Yeah. Which uh, is sad. Yeah. One minor critique I would have of that particular point is when she says, um, are you referring to the New York Times story? The only reason she says that is because she knows she has a piece of paper in front of her that quotes from that story. She knows she has the written down pushback already because she can't think for herself. She has to read every single one of these things. So whatever she says, are you referring to? Just say no. Right. Just say, go right. in a different right. direction no. because that is uh, what she's doing. She's loading up uh, for her to read here. I also, and this is, a, this is, I went to Alex with a conspiracy question. I go to Sarah for the fashion question. <laughs> yes. What, how much money are we spending on Corinne Jean-Pierre's wardrobe? I wonder that all the time, a too. Billion a billion dollars? I know, because she, and she, she always wears good. those bright colors. Bright colors, to make they look very pop. fancy, yes. they look very expensive, and yes. I have not seen one repeat. Every yeah, single day. She's Come on. Okay, I had to step in. If I'm the press secretary, when primetime press secretary, you're never going to see the same tie. You're never going to see the repeat outfit. Tie? Yeah, I mean, a just, tie? No, Those things are $2,000 a piece. Uh, That's listen, a whole no, it's, outfit. You don't understand I'm, style and razzle-dazzle. We're dazzle. spending more on Corinne Jean-Pierre than Ukraine. And no! I, yes, That's, we're spending came, $80 billion no, on you her just see wardrobe. Congress just passed another $12 billion to Ukraine. That's a week for her. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> no, but though, on a serious note, though, because I know we're goofing around, but, but this is the, the question is a pretty serious question. Yeah. Are big cities safe or not? And I think the clear answer is no. Well, I mean, the fact that she has to say, oh, it's multifaceted, I can't quite answer your question in a yes or a no really gives you your answer, yeah, doesn't it? Because she should. She's such a liar. I'm surprised she didn't just say yes. Yeah. That's how you, if I was her, I just would have said yes. Well, that's what Jen Psaki did. Yeah, of course. Right? Like she would, get, she would lie to you with this condescending, smug look on her face. But at least she could do it without reading yeah, from a piece of paper. Yeah, she's at least good at lying. Yeah. And her yeah. job here just says, uh, we've been very clear about this and then doesn't say anything clear. That's, that's her typical response, or she reads it right off the paper. I mean, reading a quote from the New York Times that says it's multifaceted is not a good <laughs> argument. So, Stu, we're paying that much money for her to wear something that she doesn't even need to be up there speaking to you about because she, you just released the book, right? Like, yeah. she's literally reading to you from a notebook. Just I, photocopy the notebook yeah. well, and thought, show us what she's going to say, and we'll save the money. I did have this idea a while ago, which is that basically we should just use Siri because if you put the text on the screen, you can just, it'll speak the text. And just, you could just Siri, just Siri right into the microphone. We could put anybody up there and just press yeah. play. Because yeah. that's all she's doing. I mean, she really is. Look, 
This is what happens when you hire someone based on their skin color and their mm -hmm. genitals mm -hmm. and which genitals they prefer. When you, when you when that's your list of qualifications, you get Corinne Jean-Pierre, who, you know, might be a very nice person and might be qualified to do something, but just not this. It's clearly not this. <laughs> not, she's not, not good speaking. at this, guys. She has the Hunger Game vibe, you know, where she's in the nice clothes, but she's telling us what we should think. You know, she's like, you know, telling us. She's creating the narrative by saying these words like multifaceted instead of just giving us, hey, it's not that safe in, in Chicago where the gun violence is, you know, she skyrocketing. Can't say that. It's not safe in Los Angeles where the bail reformer people, you know, a 23-year-old, a UCLA grad student was murdered in a high-end furniture store by a guy that had 17 prior convictions, and the list goes on of, of people that belonged in jail for their prior, you know, criminality that are out on the street committing new crimes and making more and more victims. So case in point, uh, I want to bring up this uh, other story about the pro-life Michigan woman. So Right to Life Michigan, this is a pro-life nonprofit organization, said in a statement that one of their volunteers was shot in the back by an unidentified man last week while passing out pamphlets. This is an 84-year-old woman who was going door to door passing out pamphlets uh, for an upcoming abortion-related ballot proposal. And uh, the statement said she was shot while leaving a residence where she engaged in a heated conversation. Um, she's still recovering and wishes to remain anonymous, which who can blame her for that? Because apparently, um, it not only is the crime higher in a lot of these particularly inner, uh, you know, urban areas, but also it's worth shooting someone and trying to kill them because they believe that babies should live, I guess. But I guess when you don't value life, you think that babies are, uh, you know, disposable, when you think that, you know, you should be able to just throw away uh, your offspring, I guess we shouldn't be surprised that people would not value, I don't know, an 84-year-old woman's life. Yeah, I mean, this is a very slippery slope that abortion is on, which is when you start dehumanizing human beings, uh, the the rest of the consequences down that road are pretty clear. Like, you don't care if human life is lost. Uh, that's the problem with it. Um, it's a It was very central to what happened in Germany back in the day. They, they started not with Jews, not... They started with babies that were that had uh, ailments. Uh, the first the first death by the Nazi regime, when it comes to these big medical systems they wind up building, was a baby who had real medical problems. A baby that was born with all sorts of birth defects, and they just said, "Well, wouldn't it be nicer if we just got rid of that one?" That slowly built, and in the Nazi case, pretty quickly built yeah. into something much much darker. Um, but you know, reality like human life is human life, and when you start saying, "Oh, well, that human life." doesn't really count and that one doesn't really count you can get yourself down these roads uh, that you are disregarding uh, the sanctity of life generally and that is a societal breakdown and it's like you, you know you come up to a, a split in the road and one road at the very end of it has uh, you know nazi city you don't take three or four steps down that road you go the other way you, you yeah. never go down the nazi road well, and i want to make this point because this is a serious point you know we talk about it it's Modern day abortion is a eugenics program. And it's not really, it's not much different than World War II or what the Nazis did. So people can't see that. People can't see the force or the big tree in, in front of their face. And if they knew that Margaret Sanger and the people, yeah. you know, Bill Gates, William Gates Sr., Bill Gates' dad, started this as a eugenics program, they would probably have a different opinion of it. But now it's under this guise of, you know, abortion is women's health care. Mm -hmm. And it, that's where it really just kind of, for me, it makes me sick to think like, this is a eugenics program to kill babies that may not have, you know, the resources that you and I grew up with. 
because they're poor. And people will say that, oh, well, would you rather be poor or aborted? And people will really say, I'd rather be aborted. And that's obviously a lie, but that's where we're at, and it, it's disgusting. Yeah, um, so I want to I wanna touch on a couple more things here. I, I don't know if we're going to have time to get to New Orleans, who, you know, over in New Orleans, they're hiring uh, civilians to do police work <laughs> because they can't, they can't uh, keep their cops. Um, but I, but I want to get to Philadelphia first. Uh, this past weekend, over 100 looters, many of whom appeared to be juveniles, uh, pillaged and destroyed a Philadelphia Wawa. Police apparently arrived during the event but made no arrests. Here's a little bit of that scene. So seems to be organized, I guess. This is a lot of people showing up all at the same time, just completely destroying the place. I mean, if those of you who are listening on podcasts, there's there's food and, and stuff all over the floor, broken, liquid all over the floor. It's just a complete disaster in there. It's similar to a George Floyd protest kind of. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's protest, like, why? Right? Why? Um, and then in one video, <laughs> a young woman asks uh, the deli worker at the Wawa if they're going to make the sandwiches or just keep recording all of this. Watch. <laughs> That's me. Uh, it's going to be a while. She really wanted to get her sandwich. I want to know if she expected to just like take it out for free or if she was going to actually pay for it. That's a great question. I don't know. Was she involved in the actual uh, destruction? I, it would be funny if she just came in as a normal customer. She's like, where's my sandwich? Why? What's going on? I ordered this online. Why isn't it ready? I will say Wawa uh, is one of the greatest places on earth. I yep. freaking love Wawa. If you don't live in a place where a Wawa is, that's the thing that angers me. I think most of the story because I love Wawa and I hate to see bad things happened to Wawa. And I can understand why she wanted her sandwich. They have great sandwiches at Wawa. Uh, but this is, I mean, this is a, like a fundamental part of civilization, right? We all have a, a trust with each other, right? That you won't do things like that. Anyone mm -hmm. can do that at any time at any store. You can walk into a store with 100 people and ransack any store you want, basically. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it really is just the decision to do something that is that breaks the sort of bonds that we have as human beings. As soon as you don't care about other people and their property and you don't care and you think everybody's wronged you and you believe the media hype that everybody has been squashing you and oppressing you all this time, well, you lose that connection to others. You don't care what happens to them. And this stuff is happening all over the country right now where people, usually it's not even, that seems to be more like vandalism uh, maybe there was some looting involved as well with food and stuff, but it was just throwing stuff around. Mm -hmm. I and mean, what we've really seen are high-end operations. You're going into you know uh, luxury goods stores and stealing hundreds of thousands of dollars at once. And it's it's really difficult to stop when it's organized like that. What usually stops this is there's a small percentage of people who want to be involved in illegal activity, that want to break the rules, that want to break the law, that want to hurt others and other businesses and destroy our civilization and our, our you know our basic bonds between each other and that that whatever that unspoken rule is because it's not the law mm. the law right. can stop you can can implement a punishment after you do something wrong yeah. this is like even if you get away with it, none of us would walk into a store and do that. It's not we're not we're not stopped not by the law. Well, no, Alex, yeah, that's a great yeah, point, yeah, yeah. very good point. But like generally speaking, upstanding members of a, a society aren't going to go in and do that stuff, whether they're going to get caught or not. Now we're getting to a point where people want to hurt others, they want to commit crimes because they have no regard for anybody else, and that's a massive problem. 
Well, I just want to make this point. Because we've lost self-respect, we don't respect other people. And I think you see these other copycats like you were mentioning. You know, people don't respect one another, so they don't respect anybody's property. They don't respect anybody's mm. stuff. And as a matter of fact, they almost feel better if they mess somebody else's stuff up because it makes them feel better about theirs. So I think this is just going to set off a more copycat incidences of people going in and doing the ransacking. Well, listen, I, you know, that was nice what you guys both said or whatever. <laughs> this is called the news and why it matters, which means I need to ask the most significant part of the story, which is why is it called Wawa? It's a great question. I, I don't, don't know, know why it's called it Wawa. It really bothers me. Um, it's I don't a terrible like it. name. I don't like it, it at good, all. I don't like saying Sue it. Sue is right, though. They have the great, they have a little board you order on. They have delicious sandwiches. I was just there in Florida. It's actually quite, quite delicious. So they good. have milkshakes. You pick an Oreo milkshake. But why you know, is it called Wawa? Because they yeah. want to make us feel like an infant. I don't yeah, know. It's, I don't it's know. weird. I don't like it. I don't know either. I'm just saying, look at American hero Devante Smith's commentary on Wawa, and that will teach you what you need to know about this establishment. It's fantastic. That's a player he ate there every day, I think. Uh, uh, well, I was going to mention to you, I think I heard that all of those people were Eagles fans. But um, we got to go to break. <laughs> yeah, first, probably. We thank our, As an Eagles fan, I can confirm. <laughs> we we want to thank our sponsor, Moink. Uh, 60% of U.S. pork production. I don't know if you guys realize this. It comes from one company. They're owned by the Chinese. And they, uh, they give their hogs something called ractopamine, which is apparently banned in like 160 countries, including China. But you're going to find it in America in your grocery aisle every day. That is why you need to try Moink. Moink has, they've got grass-fed and grass-finished. They've got it all beef and lamb, pastured pork and chicken. They've got salmon, and they deliver it directly to your door. You can choose whichever meat you like delivered in all of these boxes, and you can cancel anytime. We live off of moink meat in my household. I tell you guys this all the time, but my son, my older son, is obsessed with their bacon. Everything we've tried from them has been amazing, especially the filet, which you're in luck because if you go to moinkbox.com news, you will get a free filet mignon in every order for a year. Don't miss out on this. Go to moinkbox.com news. That is M-O-I-N-K box.com news. Reason why it matters exclusive right here. Wawa is a Native American word for the Canadian for the Canada goose that was found in the Delaware Valley over 100 years ago, and That's their original dairy farm was built on the land over in a rural section of Pennsylvania called Wawa. That is why we use the goose on the logo. Huh? I, I've seen the bird on the logo. I had no and idea never, that was because. Of and that. as an ornithologist, I should have known that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, still, the, I'm the ornithology expert. At the I just place, I just still don't that. like it. Is the thing. You don't, don't like, like the name. It. I don't like the name. The establishment's like fantastic, though. I believe you. Mm-hmm. I, I, I will. I'll go there one time when. If you I have ever to go there. You've really never been to Wawa? No. Oh wow. Yeah. Unfortunately, they don't have them in Texas. They yeah, but should, they're though. in Florida. They're in a few places. I'll go. Yeah. I'll go. Uh, I'll go and report back to you guys. <laughs> uh, so let's switch gears here. A new study from the Journal of the American Medical Association revealed trace amounts of uh, the mRNA. COVID vaccine were found in the breast milk of some lactating women. The journal tweeted, caution is warranted regarding breastfeeding infants younger than six months in the first two days after maternal COVID-19 vaccination. Uh, This study, by the way, included 11 healthy lactating women that were asked to collect and immediately free samples of their breast milk after receiving either the Moderna or the Pfizer vaccine uh, within six months of delivering their newborn babies. Seven samples from five women showed trace amounts of both of those particular vaccines. Um, <clears throat> I have to interject. I'm, go ahead. <laughs> That's why we had the baby formula shortage, because they want everybody drinking vaccine milk. Conspiracy castle. <laughs> conspiracy <laughs> castle. Oh, wow, that yeah. is a good conspiracy mm-hmm. theory. That's a tinfoil hat of the day. I just, you know, um, 
It's one of those things where I've been going through the last almost, what, three years now. Um, it's like it actually doesn't make me feel good to know that I was right about some of these things, particularly this one, because I was like pleading with people online. Um, I, you know, I, I tweeted out the screenshots of the, the, all of the Pfizer documentation and was just like, please don't, do not get this if you are pregnant. Do not get this if you are breastfeeding and then breastfeed your infant, please. And I was called all of these names. And it's like, here we are. And I don't want to say I told you so, but I freaking told you so. And I wish you guys would have listened, not to these stupid establishment doctors who are just parroting what they're hearing from effing Anthony Fauci, but actually take a little common sense and go, hey, we don't know enough about this drug, but what we do know is that there are a lot of drugs that go from mother to infant in breast milk. Maybe we should just not do it. I mean, look, if you're as you're pregnant, I mean, taking as many precautions as possible is a Yeah, they tell you, don't, don't eat sushi. Don't eat right. deli meat while you're pregnant. Mm-hmm. Oh, but definitely get this injection. Now, I, you know, look, a lot of that stuff, too, they, they are very worried about everything, which is what, what was part of it interesting about that part of the dialogue about, about the vaccine when it comes to, to pregnant women. They, you know, they are so, so careful with deli meat yeah. and, and, and sushi and a sip of wine and all these things right. that I don't know. Did they really do anything? My guess is they probably don't. But still, they were very, very, they're always psychotic about that stuff. Uh, and they shame mothers for whatever they do. Mm-hmm. If they have a piece of sushi, they shame them. Uh, and look, mothers should be able to make their own decisions, especially when it comes to carrying a child uh, in their own womb. You know, we would like them to live to the point of birth, that's one thing that mm-hmm. we do pretty strongly believe about the women's choice. Uh, but when it comes to how a woman right, raises their kid and, and the medications they give to them should always be the mother's choice. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think there's any, I can't think of any exceptions to that. But they, but they need the information available to make the decision rather than the doctor just being like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. It's like, well, wait, here's the study right here. Maybe you could have told them, given informed consent to them, where you're like, yeah, actually, we don't know. So if you're concerned about that, maybe just don't get the shot, because if you are a breastfeeding mother, odds are you're not 70 years old (laughs) and you're within the the age range where this is not going to be a threat to you. So give them all of the information. Don't just regurgitate what Anthony Fauci told you. I think that's the most prescient point right there is that there's never a huge advantage for a woman of childbearing age really to take the vaccine anyway. Um, You know, you're 70 years old, you're 80 years old. There's a different story there, a different piece of calculation, a different calculation to make. You know, that was the the biggest problem mm-hmm. with that. I think you know I'm 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 on on record thinking that you know you should be able to take the vaccine if you want to take of the course. vaccine. You should also be able to take ivermectin if you want to take ivermectin. Whatever you think works, um, it should be it should be your own decision because you're an individual and you get to make up your own mind on these things. The the pressure campaigns, the threatening of, of firing, the mandating all of this, none of that was ever necessary. It's it's a big part of the reason everyone got divided over all of this stuff instead of those initial like four days where we see to actually care about other people, uh, all that it, it makes everything worse. Yeah. And instead of just being honest with people and letting them make their own decisions, uh, they went the, the other road and it did not work. So I want to I want to get your thoughts, Alex, but I also want to uh, throw into this conversation here a clip. I just think it's just so incredible uh, of Dr. Paul Offit. This is the director of the Vaccine Education Center at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. He's also a member of the FDA Vaccine Advisory Committee. He also, by the way, is like one of the biggest vaccine shills you will ever 
ever, ever hear from in your life. And even he is telling CNN in this exchange, yeah, I just, I don't know, I'm not really fully sold on the benefits of this third uh, shot outweighing the potential risks or harm uh, of the actual shot watch. What I fear is that they're going to say everybody should get it when, in fact, a healthy young person really is unlikely to benefit from a booster dose. And so I hope they, they target it more specifically to those really who are most likely to benefit from this additional dose. If it is, in fact, authorized, Pfizer would be authorized for 12 and up, as you point out, Moderna 18 and up. Why not get it right? If it does give you even if it's a smaller benefit, is there any reason not to get the booster? I think there, that when you're asking people to get a, a vaccine, I think there has to be clear evidence of benefit. And, and we're not going to have clinical studies, obviously, before this launches. But you'd like to have at least human data. Wait, people, what? you know, getting this vaccine, you'd like you to see have a human clear data. and dramatic Eight increase in neutralizing now. antibodies. And then at least you have a correlate of protection against against BA4, BA5. Because if you don't have that, if there's not uh-huh. clear evidence of benefit, uh-huh. then it's not fair, I think, for, to ask people uh-huh. to take a risk, no matter how small. The benefit should be clear. Wait a second. Did he say risk? Because I've been told that these are all (laughs) completely safe and there is no risk to taking it. Now all of a sudden I hear the word risk being used by one of, again, the biggest vaccine shills in the country. (laughs) Even he's backing off of this. It almost feels like they know the narrative is about to change about this particular vaccine and they want to back away from it because they don't want their names to go down as some of the people who were pushing this on the American public the whole time. Well, I want to make this point. I think you could argue, you said earlier, you know, you don't like being right. And I think you could argue that, you know, a mass majority of people that got the vaccine are totally fine. But for the people that got the sudden adult death syndrome, for the people that got the myocarditis, for the women's menstrual cycles that are totally terrible, for the women that had the miscarriages, there's there's no really legal recourse because these companies have no liability. So they get to test stuff on mice and then literally test it on humans. So if you're out there and you want to be a human guinea pig, Go and get your booster. But if a guy that sells these things, I mean, like Sarah said, is the number one vaccine shill in the entire world. And he's going on CNN, the number one shill network in the world, saying, hey, maybe you should take some precautions before you get this one that we didn't do any clinical testing on. (laughs) Just extrapolate that to the other two previous vaccines. And I think, sadly, though, Sarah, is like the elephant in the room that we're not talking about now, but in the next year or two, we are going to be talking about. We're going to even feel more guilty that we didn't do more to stop this. Not me. My conscience is clear. I, Mine's I, not. I, I did feel my terrible. best. I, well, I, I mean, and I have to get. I, I feel. I feel terrible for people, but like I, I. Oops. I'm throwing stuff now. I tried. I did my best. Yeah, but I. Had to, I called all. I was called all sorts of names, and I still. I still said this is. This doesn't make sense. This is. I'm telling you guys, you need to look at this. And look, I'm sorry for calling you all those names, but what I was just saying, no, I, I think, look, the bottom line is you don't have to feel guilty because it's not your job to right. control their behavior, just yeah. like it's not their job to control yours. And I think that's the fundamental fall down we've had throughout this entire process. You know, again, uh, there I don't think there's ever been a good argument for a, a young child to get the vaccine, not because I think it's massively dangerous. You know, I'm not necessarily on that bandwagon, but like Stu's like a big fan I, of vaccines. I, you said I'm a little upset you called him the number one show. I was going to say, uh, I'm but, sorry, Stu. <laughs> but like, you know, in all reality. Like, I, you know, I have two kids. You yeah. know, I, I'm not afraid of the vaccine. I'm not afraid of COVID, right? Yeah. I'm not really afraid of either of them. But I didn't get my kids vaccinated, not because I think they were going to f- drop dead the next day, but because I just don't. I mean, you look at I don't see what the big benefit is. They're almost they're by their age is their best defense to COVID, even when it was much more dangerous than it is today. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, you know, they got it. And, you know, they didn't, they're fine. fine. So, I mean, look, I can, if you're, I, I you know, I, I know people who, you know, great parents, grandparents in their 80s, 
it's a different calculation for them, and I can understand why they made different decisions. But like the idea that you're going to force this on anyone, even if they're 80 or 90, yeah. if they're 97, and then they have 19 co comorbidities, they still should not be forced to do this. Uh, and just like you shouldn't be you know, forcing people not to do it, like should be able to make their own choices. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know why. I mean, especially a country like this, I had to expect that behavior out of you know Europe or Russia or some other place. Why that would be the norm here? Uh, the default position is you must do X, Y, and Z. That's just totally against our foundation. Yeah. It's totally against our yeah. country. Well, my That's mom hard. was forced to get vaccinated because she didn't want to lose her doctor. She was on Medicaid, and my mom died from you know COVID, and you know obviously the protocols between the hospitals. So the vaccine didn't even save my mom. So of course I'm going to say that I'm anti-vax. Uh, Your story goes deeper. Yeah, than my story is really deep, and I can't even get into it on this short thing. So it just it just sucks. Yeah. There's people like Stu that are totally fine. There's people like my mom that are yeah. dead. So yeah. it's just. Luck of the draw. See how, are you feeling lucky today? <laughs> uh, all right. Well, now that Alex has totally brought us down, yeah, we're going to take, take a yeah. quick break and be right back. Do you, have you heard the story? I This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it... <clears throat> a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Over the weekend, the Twitter account Libs of TikTok exposed the University of Wisconsin for providing gender-affirming surgeries and drugs to minors. Uh, the director of their gender program, Dr. Catherine Gast, has previously stated that the hospital offers puberty blockers and hormonal treatment, and the pediatrics team works with the surgical team to do things like provide hysterectomies and uh, removal of testicles. She says... Puberty blockers, completely safe, completely reversible. And in uh, this video that we have, she detailed some of the gender-affirming surgeries the clinic offers, including vaginoplasties and double mastectomies. Great. Watch. Penile inversion vaginoplasty for trans feminine patients, so male to female, is taking a penis and essentially turning it into a vagina. So this is a very, you know, functional results. Patients have orgasmic function and can have intercourse and it looks actually cosmetically, um, patients are very satisfied. So the, we create a, uh, a clitoris from a portion of the glands penis. None of these are true. Uh, the this scrotal skin becomes the labia majora. Mm-hmm. A portion of the penile skin becomes the labia minora. And then we line the new vagina with the rest of the penile skin and sometimes a skin graft. Um, so it's mm. five hours in the operating room and about six to eight weeks of recovery. Top surgery or female to male gender mastectomy is for transmasculine patients who have significant dysphoria related to their breasts. So they don't want breasts anymore. So essentially it's a, a cosmetic mastectomy and depending on the breast size and the amount of skin, um, we can use different kind of scar patterns and resection techniques using direct excision plus or minus liposuction um, to create a more male chest. Um, it's Three hours in the operating room, patients go home the same day, they may or may not have drains, um, and they wear a compression vest post-op, but typically these patients are very happy. The website noted several times she will, of course, operate on minors, and of course, after this was uncovered, the University of Wisconsin privated all of their YouTube videos about the gender program and deleted the entire website. 
I don't understand why they keep deleting this crap. <laughs> yeah. If this is so fine and this is this is what you're supposed to be doing to children and it, it, we're the hateful ones and we're the ones in the wrong, why do you find Paige not found? Why are they not proud of this? Why are they hiding it? Why is it that the drag show that I sent people into uh, over the weekend in at First Christian Church in Katy, Texas, why is it that they told people that they had to put their phones away and not actually record anything that was going on? Why is that? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's just a shocking mystery. Uh, I will say uh, I do agree with them that I would like to delete the last couple of minutes from my life. Uh, <laughs> after hearing that, if we had the men in black sort of flashing yeah. wand, I would, I would, I would, I would put that on right now. Um, that's uh, it's incredibly disturbing, and of course, this just the same thing keeps repeating. I mean, they went through how many times? I mean, it was Boston. I remember the, the Boston mm-hmm. Children's Hospital. There's so many establishments that have said, "Oh, we don't do this for kids. We don't do this for kids. We don't do this for kids." And then there's just a big just two days ago, a huge New York Times story about top surgery and how kids want it and how they're learning about it on TikTok. God. And it's like, well, wait a minute. Haven't you guys been telling us that we're hateful for even suggesting that it was a possibility? Now it's like a big advertisement <laughs> and being uh, talked about in the pages of the New York Times. Uh, and I, like, I, there are certain things that just absolutely boggle the mind. I, I don't know how we go down these roads, how, how, we, how we get here. Yeah. Well, well, the libertarian part of my brain says, you know, if you're over 18 and you want to do this, go ahead. But this is why, the, in my opinion, why they do it. I mean, these people literally want to play God. To actually go there and say that you can turn a penis into a vagina is an insult to a vagina, is an insult to God's creation, something so special that creates life. You can't just recreate a vagina, you know, ovaries, a, a system that can create life. They can't do that. But they say, oh, it's your penis is going to turn right into a vagina. It's not even close. And they look you in your face and they lie because they want to play God. They want to be the creator. And then, in essence... It's demonic and satanic by them, you know, thinking that they have the power to do that when in reality, everything she said sounds nice on paper, but when you have to have a dilator... It does to not keep- sound <laughs> nice on paper. Wow. So like, when she says it, I'm yeah. saying the way she no. says it. She, she tries to give it, oh, well, we're just going to give you a labia, blah, blah, no, blah, slice I, and dice. I, now you have a new vagina. Right. It doesn't it's, work that I way. Do it's not five-hour surgery. Oh, you have a perfect brand-new vagina. Go ahead. I, it's I, not like that. I do no. love that you're pointing that out because that was what stuck with me about the videos. I'm like... This isn't, it's not true. Like, she's trying to make it sound like, oh, you can't tell the difference. It just looks like a normal vagina. It works like a normal vagina. Oh, the penis looks just the same as if it was a regular penis. None of this is true. None of it is true. And please don't go Googling this because you will regret it, okay? I will not be doing that. But... One of the most famous, uh, I, I guess, I, I don't know w- which way uh, Blair leans right now, but pr- at least previously conservative, uh, Blair White, a transgender. This is a, a, a born a male and now lives as a woman. And I, I just heard Blair discuss this on Michael Malice's podcast not that long ago about like, it's not like that. It's actually, it's it's very gross and they promise you that things will work a certain way and it doesn't. And I was, you know, reading about this, the smells that come with it. And it's like, is what on earth? It's the same, but it's the to same. To be fair, okay, I mean, I biological women minutes. that are stinky too, but then they go ahead. It's the, but it's the same thing that with uh, abortion. They, they set these young people up. They set these young women up to think like, you're going to celebrate this. It's going to be so great for you. You could have 20 of them and you will be super happy about it. And they think like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is going to work great for me. And then they go through with it. And then they live the rest of their life with all of this regret and all of this trauma because the left has promised them that this is how they should be. And it's it's oftentimes, I mean, in the case of abortion, obviously, always, but like oftentimes very, very irreversible. 
And then, and then they know they can't do anything. So I agree with you, Alex, on that. Like, okay, if you're over 18, whatever. But I also do think that if you are in the medical community, you have some sort of responsibility to make sure that these people are actually like treated for the mental illness that they have, rather than just pr putting them in a position where they're going to have all of this trauma and regret for the rest of their life. I think that's totally fair. Uh, you know, I mean, it's a it should it should be pretty obvious. I think that everyone should be able to uh, you know because I, I, I think you're right. I mean, look, people are really weird and they do all sorts of strange things. <laughs> if, as adults, that's one thing. But I mean, really, the the thing that I think most people are most upset about is how they're pushing this on mm -hmm. kids. kids. Yeah, and it's becoming this sort of social contagion where people think kids think that it's a good idea. They they are talked into it by their friends, and then their parents instead of saying, "Hey, we're the parent. You're not a superhero." You're you're not a beetle. You are a human being. You're a boy or a girl, and that's it. And when you get older, you can start making all these strange decisions if you want to make them. Instead of being honest with them, they're saying, well, we need to have gender-affirming mm -hmm. care. And just whatever you're saying right now, I'm going to encourage, which is we all know is the worst kind of parenting. Yes. Like, forget yeah. what yes. the topic is. You don't just encourage anything your kid says. You make rational decisions. You make judgments based on facts. And the fact that they keep going down these roads with kids, putting them in positions where they can't reverse uh, these decisions is, uh, it's, it's sh honestly, like, for a person who is really, really uh, skeptical about good things happening in the world, I, it shocks even me. Yeah. I mean, these are things that we would joke five years ago. I was watching It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia a, a couple, uh, a couple of days ago, which, of course, is a show that I love, but it's a liberal show, and they're making a point joking about a woman who, uh, uh, which was Dennis's wife, uh, transitioning into a cat. And it's like, is that even a joke? Would they even make that joke today? This is five years no. ago they're making this joke. Would they make that joke today? No. Could, could you say in a comedic sense that it's ridiculous to transition to a cat today? Only, could only you do it? Alex. Yeah, it's <laughs> Well, you know, that is a toxoplasmosis joke, which is a parasite in the fecal matter that turns you into a cat. And it's actually so strong that when mice get infected with it, they oftentimes crawl up to the cat with no fear because they think they're a cat and then they get killed by a cat. So yeah, the idea, yeah. yeah <laughs> what I, kind you, of weird facts do you have that's in your a head? Fact. That I, is, it's that's like a, deep, that was a deep It's like a crazy facts. cat lady, it's like, so. it's, Yeah, it's like a computer with a lot of viruses. It's kind of like my brain. Um, <laughs> no, but you know, but you talk about, you know, uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. I mean, they have some great episodes. You talk about, you know, creation and God. And so they actually, you know, I guess kind of mock these um, topics that are controversial. Yeah. And they, now they really can't do that. But back in the day, they, they had stuff. And I think even though you said it's kind of a, this isn't the always sunny in Philadelphia review show, even though you said they kind of lean liberal, I think they always kind of gave it like a fair they did a good job. Like they kind of made fun sides, of yeah. how it's not good to transition to a cat. They're making fun yes. of it. Oh, yeah. And so you make a good point, though. You know, in this media, in this day and age, they have to be ultra politically correct where they can't even take any risks or make fun of anything that has to do with gender-affirming care when we know in reality if I want to eat Starburst for every meal as a kid, my parents wouldn't let me do that. Right. But if I want to have a mastectomy and cut off my breast, go ahead. Yeah, that's really gross. All right, we've got to uh, take a quick break. We'll be right back. I'll take the men in black thing now. Now? Just, just okay. for this one sec. Okay. Alex, you said earlier that what they are doing to children with all of this trans stuff is uh, demonic. And I think case in point here, over in Spain, the Minister of Equality in Spain. Yes, they have one of those over in Spain. The Minister of Equality, uh, Irene Montero, recently said at a, at a legislative meeting that children X have the right <laughs> to know that they can love or have sexual relations with whoever they want based on consent. Watch. 
las niñas, los, les niñas de este país tienen derecho, all the boys, tienen derecho the girls, a conocer su propio cuerpo, a saber que ningún adulto puede tocar their own bodies, to know that no adult can touch their body if they don't want to, and that is a form of violence. They have the right to know that they can love or have sexual relations with whoever they want, based, of course, on consent. And these are acknowledged rights that they have. And that you don't like, as because, of course, you're the hate monger, you're the bigot uh, for saying that, like, oh, I don't know, children can't consent. Because it's weird. I feel like... We've, we have this system where children's parents are responsible for them up until they reach a certain age, and we've all decided that that's because children aren't very bright, and they're little, and uh, they can't make really, really important decisions like who to sleep with, but apparently that's a thing of the past now. I'm just, I'm just an old fuddy-duddy. I'm just old-fashioned because I don't believe that children have the ability to consent, I guess. And they don't. I mean, that's disgusting. Just the fact that she said that makes me sick, and that's in, that's the culture where we're heading. And, and in my opinion, I would think that you know a transition surgery is not much different than having sex with a child. You know, it's an adult touching their sex organs. I know they use it under the guise of medical care, but this is where they want. They want to be able to have children consent to having sex with adults, and that's disgusting. Yeah, so. I mean, fundamentally, children can't consent. I mean, yeah. You just said it; it's true. I mean, unless you unless you're a you know a forced bride in some Middle Eastern country somewhere, yeah. and even that's uh, wrong. Yeah, it's certainly wrong morally, but I mean, even legally, you know, you can't you can't do that. That's that that's what statutory rape is. The, right. You can't just talk some kid into doing something like that, even if they say yes. They can't say yes. That's the that's the point of having an age of consent. The age of consent means they have to get to that age before they can consent. So uh, this is uh, foreign not only to, I think, our uh, our country, but to the human experience generally. People generally know, well, this is, used to be stuff we didn't have to say. Well, it's not really foreign because in, uh, you know, our, in our invasion in the Middle East, in Afghanistan, there's a thing called the Bakabazi boys, and you might have heard about it, but uh, wealthy Afghan elders will often have boys that they kind of mentor, that they have sex with, and then our own allies, if there are allies that our military would, would and there's lots of uh, soldiers you know, that tell this story, how they would catch these men having sex with boys, and because they're allies, they wouldn't do anything about it. So, are you familiar with the Bakabazis? Uh, no, but I didn't know the cat feces thing either. Yeah, I know, but okay. Well, you guys, if you're looking, if you're playing at home, look up the Bakabazi boys where our, our military, our United States military, were very aware of sexual abuse by elder Afghanistan men and let it go because these men were considered our allies. So, mm. America's not, uh, you know, you want to give them plausible di di deniability. Oh, you know, we don't know that that happens. Trust me, there's people in important positions that know children are vulnerable to, uh, you know, sexual predators, and we do nothing about it. Well, this is, I mean, this particular story is going on in Spain, but, I mean, don't think that it's coming here next. We have, uh, you know, we're talking about changing the term pedophile to minor attracted persons because you don't want to stigmatize these people. If you say or, groomer, you get kicked off Twitter. If you say groomer, who is that protecting? The groomers? Yeah. Yes, yes, actually. Uh, the groomers and the groomer protectors. It's really, really sad. Um, all right, we got to take a quick break. We'll be back. You guys never heard the box of Bible? No. Last week, Netflix debuted Dahmer Monster, the Jeffrey Dahmer story, a 10-part fictional dramatization of his life, uh, you know, confession, arrest, and conviction of, of course, Jeffrey Dahmer. And, you know, Dahmer was a homosexual, just 
like I don't know if everyone realizes that most of his victims were also gay. So Netflix actually labeled, tagged the series as LGBTQ content. <laughs> it is LGBTQ content. They, yeah. Well, L the LGBTQ community was not happy with that tag, and uh, so they have since removed. So they only they only take responsibility for the really heartwarming positive stories yeah. in the LGBTQ community. They don't have to take responsibility for the bad people in the yeah, community. Yeah, yeah. It was like uh, tags. Horror <laughs> and LGBTQ. I mean, look, what, I, I think LGBTQ people also deserve horror films, right? This is a, this would be a really scary thing that could happen to you if you happen to be LGBTQ. Stu's advocating for equality here. Exactly. I mean, they just like they're like they try to like replace the the princesses with different colors and and races and all sorts of things. Everyone deserves their own superhero, and everyone deserves their own villain, apparently. No, but this is a true story. Yeah. This is not really a fictional happened. tale. This really happened. This is what this guy did. And this is a really edgy episode, because i gotta, I got to bring up this point, because we cannot talk about Jeffrey Dahmer without bringing this up. You know, uh, John and Tony Podesta, their brothers, and John Podesta is obviously, you know, uh, Hillary Clinton's, you know, right-hand man, you know, ran her whole entire campaign. They actually, their art collection, they have one of the biggest art collections, and, it, and there's a section of their art collection that's focused on the Jeffrey Dahmer crimes, where they actually have... Uh, how they do paper mache of if you watch this thing in this documentary Jeffrey Dahmer would kill people in his grandmother's house and he would take he'd cut off their penis he'd cut off their genitals and he'd put it in their refrigerator yes he yeah. would save parts that's what uh. he, he was one of these type of, of uh, serial killers that liked uh, tokens of his murders and so what happens is this guy John Podesta and Tony Podesta they have an art exhibit you guys can look this up about Jeffrey Dahmer and these are paper maches of what it would have looked like what the parts would have looked like that Jeffrey Dahmer would have cut up if you guys don't believe me, type in Tony Podesta, Jeffrey Dahmer art. You can look it up. So these sick people that are in power, these elitists, they love Jeffrey Dahmer. So it's kind of weird that he gets idolized. He gets this Netflix special. Put on your tinfoil hats. Get your Google search. I feel right. like anytime Alex tells you to Google search no, something, don't do it. Oh, no. don't, I said if you do it, the FBI's it. coming to your house. <laughs> no, don't do it, please. Now we'll take the men in black. Yeah. Yeah, I told I'm you. I told you to wait. Right. I told you you didn't know. <laughs> Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.